America. My name is Ami Yosef from Pong. I come to you live every Thursday about this time. And today we're going to talk about real reproductive freedom. And when I say real reproductive freedom, I'm not going to talk about abortion or contraception. What I'm going to talk about is how the being of any institution, any institution that matters, has in its being, in any account of it, an account of how it's going to sustain and reproduce itself through time and through generations. If you have a business that can't account for how it's going to sustain itself next quarter and into the future, then you're not really a serious business. If you have an account of a church that can't account for, you know, how it's going to sustain itself once the pianist dies or once the pastor leaves, then it's not a real institution. Any meaningful institution that matters has an account of its reproduction its production and reproduction and sustenance through time in it apparently there's a there's an old story i think it's about walmart about how it all of its executives never flew on the same airline because if the airline got taken out they didn't want all of the executive leadership to be taken out so part of what it was to be a member of that institution was to abide by the rules that that I counted for its sustenance and reproduction through time. It's the same reason that when there's a state of a union, not every uh, government official is at the Capitol building because if the Capitol building gets taken out, there's got to be someone in a secure bunker somewhere who now becomes a leader of the nation. Like what it is to be a thing is to have a mechanism of production and reproduction internal to it. Right. And if you want to frustrate the being of the thing, you can frustrate the mechanism of production and reproduction. Right. And so this is why, you know, I've suggested this before. This is why people get worried about like, um, you know, trans drag queens reading to kids and and in in elementary schools it's not necessarily transphobia it's about are you trying to screw with the production and reproduction of my family are you trying to because we all know desires if marketing departments exist because desires can be socially kind of uh worked they can and anyone who doesn't believe this is um desires can be socially manipulated is a fool because that's the only reason we have marketing departments because desires can be socially manipulated and confused. And so absolutely. And this includes sexual desires. Um, it can be socially manipulated and confused. And so the people who are kind of anti, you know, drag queens re reading in, um, schools are just a little bit cautious because they're worried about liberals being careless because liberals are careless if we saw anything about the uh the covid the the covid response and the casualness with which they just kind of closed schools for a few years liberals are careless but are liberals so careless that they're going to be careless with the uh like your ability to have grandkids Right? Are they going to are they going to frustrate the reproduction of your line? And so far as now, you won't have biological grandkids because all of a sudden, like it's become too hip to like the like <laughs> your lame kid doesn't have anything going for them except now they might be queer or they might be they might be trans. Right. And that's, you know, that's no small number of people who don't have anything else going for them, but now have to make themselves interesting by, and you know, I'm, I'm going to get censored for this possibly, but now have to make themselves interesting by being genderqueer. That's a significant 
percentage of people. And people who are, you know, um, self-consciously boring worry about that for their line. They're like, now I'm not going to have grandkids because my boring kids, like, <laughs> um, I, I, I set out to have boring kids. And now it turns out my boring kids, in order to be interesting, won't be accountants. They'll be gay. And that's going to be a problem. They might be gay accountants, but like that's that's going to be a problem for my idea of the kind of family I want. And part of what freedom is, is being able to make plans and realize them in the kind of family you have, in the kind of business you have, in the kind of politics you have. So if you think that there is, um, if you think that there is a special interest or a political agenda that's trying to frustrate your ability to reproduce your family line in the specific and particular way you want it, then yeah, that's going to that's that's um, an obstacle to your self determination. Now you're not going to get these arguments too many other places, especially places who people. I consider myself a pretty good leftist, but I think that uh, conservatives are right in this concern. And until the left can articulate the concern and, and kind of um, undermine it, that it's going to like this is part of the culture war that conservatives are going to be right about because you know liberals are especially careless but the left is just lazy with respect to these things so you have to understand that the ability to reproduce meaningful institutions the institutions through which we realize ourselves in our particular way and through which we determine ourselves in our particular way and we hope to determine ourselves into the future and for our children into the future um that is a, a facet of reproductive freedom Right. If you can't reproduce your quality of life for your kid and all you can give them is the name, but not the quality of life that extends through that name, then like that's going to you're going to feel frustrated and appropriately so, because that's an attack against your self-determination, because part of what it is to determine yourself is to determine is to also include the mechanism of reproduction. It would be the equivalent of saying it'd be the equivalent of a 100 percent death tax. Like you don't get any more inheritance. That would that would be the equivalent of one. Now, some people can argue for a 100% death tax, but other people will argue against it, saying that that's a problem for the being of their life because part of what it is to be them is to plan for the future of their kids, right? You can say you can have a business and say like, no matter what you do for this business, you cannot have a succession plan for for the CEO leaving. That means the business has to go with um uh when when the initial founders quit right that would be a poor business that would like that would like that would fundamentally change the way people do business right because now there is no plan for quitting your business there is no plan for like handing it over that would become illegal which means it would not just be illegal in the future it would change the way you do business now because now you're not thinking about longevity. You're not thinking about legacy. You're just trying to like get rich quick and then hope the business implodes, right? So you have to understand that part of what it is to be an institution is to think about the future and the reproduction of that institution. And you know, you got a little bit of this in Aristotle. Just understand that if you can't account for the being, the reproduction of the thing, then you really can't account for the thing. And the thing might not actually be a thing. It might just be a flash in the pan. It might not be real. It's only real when it can reproduce itself. If Apple was just tied to Steve Jobs, um, it wouldn't be real in the same way that uh, it is now that it's a company that's 
distinct from the individual efforts of Steve Jobs. And now, you know, Tim Scott can do what he does. Or same with Amazon and Jeff Bezos. If it was tied to his cult of personality, even Tesla and Elon Musk, if it's tied to a cult of personality and doesn't have an independent existence that can sustain the secession of these, you know, powerful figures, then it's not, it's not an independent institution. And it's not an institution that anyone else can realize itself out of, right? So real reproductive freedom is to be able to determine your line, um, the characteristic features of your line. Um, and not just through institutions and not just through biology, right? So anyone who attacks your ability to determine uh, the characteristic features of your line is a problem, right? So I can give you a, an example of this closer to home. Um, my kids are pretty good musicians, right? And so every now and then you get some liberal who'll ask my kids, hey, hey, do you like your lessons? Do you like music lessons? Now, usually this liberal is someone who themselves is a failed, failed musician like took lessons when they were a kid, but like quit or had a hard time getting their kid to uh, suffer through the lessons. So they try to undermine my, my successful parenting. So what happened, why you shouldn't ask that question is that what you're doing, especially if you're in a, of a position of authority is you're undermining my kid's commitment to the thing they don't like, or they don't happen to like, right? You don't ask a Catholic in the middle of Lent, do you like fasting? You don't if you're actually a good person. You are if you're like a piece of crap. Do you, do, you, do you like fasting? Do you like giving up something? You don't ask a Jew who's 12 years old, do you like studying your bar, for your bar mitzvah? Do you like it? Do you like it? Well, do you like it? No, because it's irrelevant whether they like it. <laughs> right? And you asking them then undermines the line. It undermines who they are. Right? So instead of asking for them, you, you, you um, praise them for their work and then kind of keep moving. <laughs> or maybe afterwards you can say, instead of liking it, say, do you like the results? Like after they've done very well at something, you say, hey, do you like this thing that you've done very well? Like, thank you, do you like perfor this performance that was a success? Not the, all the work that went up to getting it. You don't ask Michael Jordan when he's 15, do you like waking up early in the morning and doing wind sprints? The answer might be irrelevant. You ask him if he likes his six rings, right? And you don't even ask that question um, until he's won the, the, the rings. Right? And if you don't understand this, you're probably screwing up other aspects of your life. Or you're probably just some worthless liberal who needs to get out of my life. Um, by the way, if you appreciate what I'm talking about, go ahead and go to www.funkyacademic.com and kick in five, fifteen, or fifty dollars a month because you're getting a quality of wisdom that that people don't uh, kind of dispense normally um, because they don't get paid to say these kinds of things. It's not in anyone's special interest. Uh, because a lot of the market incentives are just to give people what they want. A lot of people listen to this. And they don't particularly like what I have to say. They feel personally attacked because I might be attacking you as a person or <laughs> attacking something that, um, that you hold very dear to your person, but it turns out that I'm right. So it's good that you listen to it for yourself, but it's not necessarily something that you liked to hear that maybe you're a bad parent or maybe that you don't, didn't understand what real reproductive freedom is. Um, but I'm going to go into the argument uh, again in a slightly different way after the opening. Ah, yeah. Sound good to me. 
never change the ways for the world or the government. If it was the president, then I would state facts. You leave it up to me, I paint the White House black and it can feature in your front. So once again, real reproductive freedom isn't about biology and abortion. That's kind of like a poor man's illusion of reproductive freedom. Real reproductive freedom is the ability to reproduce the specific way that you are through institutional engagements, right? It's the ability to, and with respect, to, and, and so far as it, it has to do with biology, it's the ability to actually organize your family so that your kids can continue the line that started before you and will go on after you in the way that you deem fit, right? That, because freedom is a matter of self-determination, so you have to determine like kind of the shape of your kids' lives. And your ability to determine the shape of their kids' life so they don't end up like those other kids, right? And that's what real reproductive freedom means. But that's also a matter of institutional engagement and institutional stability and institutional control, right? So in order to sustain, in order to actually be able to determine your family and determine your line, to have your name mean something that's just a, a, a an conglomeration of... of consonants and vowels it yeah you need institutions that will uphold and recognize it in a certain way and you need and uphold and recognize your parenting in a certain way i had a friend who um uh you know her her kid was in therapy and i, I think like a 16 year old and the therapist wanted to to kind of kind of push her to, onto drugs and the friend was like i didn't hold on, wait a minute, you want to push my kid onto drugs? And, um, and the kid would come home, and all, apparently a lot of the, the kid's friends were on drugs, but the kid would come home and say, like, well, I really think I should be medicated. And then, and then the, 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 the parent asked, like, why would you think you should be medicated? And, um, and the kid said, well, you know, my, the therapist suggested that I should be medicated. Now, Mind you, up until this moment, the, the, the friend thought herself as a good liberal, but then she, the, she realized that, like, no, she sent her kid to therapy so that the therapist would actually uphold and reinforce the particular vision that the parent had for the kid, not for the kid to go there and get other ideas about uh, medication and what they need to do to their body, right? So that was a, a wake-up call for, for her to see it turns out that, like, it actually... She was conservative. And now, I don't know, you just have to watch out for influences around their kid because most of them are bad. Most, you know, you don't get this around most um, shows and most people don't tell you this in the internet or life, but most parents are bad at being parents. And most professionals are hacks. Most professionals in the soft things, like most teachers are bad at teaching. <laughs> I'll say this again. Most teachers are bad at teaching. Most therapists are bad at healing the soul. I, I'm not... I'm not going to say that most doctors are bad at doctoring. I feel like reality gives them a, uh, a kind of a check on that. But in a lot of sciences and a lot of professions where reality doesn't, like if you're a bad carpenter, stuff falls down. If you're a bad artist, stuff looks bad. But if you're a bad teacher, like it's not like one would think that we can just tell by the results. The problem is not everything that needs to be taught can be tested in the same way. So we can't really tell by the results in an obvious way because that would presuppose you know what success looks like and know how to 
evaluate it and that's not all the way true so that exploitation and just the nature of the profession gets um yeah no and the, the exploitation and the nature of prof and the profession gets gets explode exploited um so that like most teachers are hacks i wonder i suspect that most like coaches are bad uh, but once again if your team's not winning i feel like that usually tells but i suspect most youth coaches are bad like i coach my kids soccer team and i think it shocks some of the parents that the kids are actually learning how to play soccer <laughs> because they're just used to hacks um and like same with the like most music teachers private music teachers are just hacks they're just out for the money um and, and so they're bad but like because and that's because most parents are hacks right so like there's kind of a whole hack hacks talking to hacks like all pretending um to do a certain thing and it's just it's 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 just awful i mean most pastors are hacks there are a lot of there are a lot of hacks in this world um but most people don't talk about the normalization of hacky things um but you know if you're actually building something that needs to stand then you can't be a hack but how many things how many things in this world are built so they they actually need to stand in in the same way that precludes the hacks getting in right so once again the thesis of this show was that real reproductive freedom is a matter of being able to sustain your line through generations right and that means you need control of the institutions that deal with your kids or if you're reproducing a business, that means you need a succession plan for your business. If you're reproducing, you know, offspring that are children, you need institutions that will sustain the particular way, the specific way that you kind of realize yourself in the world and are realized through like your inheritance into the children and you need to be able to control that so maybe you don't want your kid to inherit all of the baggage that comes with your line but you need to be able to control that and that's why and your ability to control that is a function of self-determination that's what liberals don't get and that's what conservatives can rightly charge them with being careless about because liberals are careless they'll just throw it all to the market how many liberal parents let the market raise their kids it's it's a it's atrocious i see these kids on screens i see the like it's just atrocious and the uh, the alternative to that is like the homeschooling parents who don't let their kids talk or deal with anybody who isn't like <laughs> uh, um, uh, vetted and blood relation but there's a way in which that's not i mean it may or may not you know prepare the kid to deal with a diverse society but there's a way in which it's not a hundred percent irresponsible given the casual liberalism that just is like doesn't take these things seriously that thinks that kids raise themselves by nature and that their desires and wants and entitlements aren't wholly socially constructed um not wholly socially constructed but largely socially constructed so you have to if for example once again with my kid if you're surrounding them with adults if i surround them with adults who tell them that they're entitled not to practice <laughs> entitled not to do math entitled not to practice reading entitled not to practice entitled not to do anything that they don't want then that is a 
danger for my ability to reproduce the very specific character that is part of what it is to be an Osei Frimpong and is part of what it is to self-determine your family. Right? So you have to be, you have to understand that institutions have within themselves a mechanism for, self uh, for reproduction. And any frustration of that mechanism for reproduction is actually, can be a rightful charge against their reproductive freedom and the freedom of the being of the thing, because part of what it is to be the thing is to reproduce the thing. Now, I will tell you that I've done a, a, a video on this before and that we need to exploit this black people. We need to exploit the whites in this way insofar as we need to go after their kids. We need to frustrate the reproduction of conventional whiteness because it's not particularly consistent with black liberation, right? So everywhere you can fight, you need to go at those little white kids and send them home with all sorts of questions that will make their parents uncomfortable. And that is what you do for the cause, right? Because, and, and, you know, like I said, this is, this is an issue because um, this is why, you know, the whites are really nervous about critical race theory because critical race theory might actually send their kids home with questions that white parents are not equipped to answer or are know the answer, but don't think that they want to tell the truth about grandma, me, mom, papa to their, you know, 12, 13 and 14 year old. Um, but I do think that those kids, like the, the parents need to be forced to be able to tell the truth. And the only way to undermine white supremacy is actually to, 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 to foment a civil war among the whites. And you do that by actually just telling their kids the truth and make white parents defend themselves. And so, because the white family depends upon the standing order of racial degradation. And so any real racial justice, especially with respect to black white relationships in the South, is going to massively reconstruct white family norms. And you just have to be okay with that. And that's a war that's worth fighting um, because what they're not fighting for isn't reproducing freedom they're trying to reproduce an order of domination that's inconsistent with black freedom and that's different right this is like the monarchy fighting back right like the monarchy fights back um because they want the monarchies want to reproduce reproductive freedom but really the monarchy wants to sustain the monarchy that's the whites fighting back against crt right so um Thank you for your time. If you have anything to say, go ahead and leave it in the comments. Uh, if you appreciate what I'm doing, go ahead and go to www.funkyacademic.com and kick in $5.15 or $50. Monday show is going to be free game. I try to get free game on Monday, just how to help people. And Monday show is going to be on, on, on how to dismantle <laughs> your significant, your, 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 the person you're trying to see's friends. Because oftentimes, these women's friends are a bigger problem than the women themselves. The women may be cool, but all of their friends are problems. But you don't want to be the person who says, don't go talk to your friends. But you do have to kind of inoculate themselves against the, the friends who are just awful. Like, like, white friends are bad, black friends are bad. All these friends <laughs> who just give bad advice and, and uh, screwing up your relationship. So I'm going to talk about how to how to kind of inoculate yourself and your relationship against your significant, not necessarily your significant other, just someone you're dating, their friends. Um, because their friends might be bad news. Losers in a metastasizing way. Um, and then you don't want that to like kind of, that cancer to kind of creep over to your good relationship. So you got to deal with, I used to think you could ignore the friends, 
who didn't like you for a variety of reasons. I mean, there are lots of reasons not to like me dating your, your friend. But I used to think you could ignore them. Now I just, now I'm just, you got to take them out. <laughs> you have to take them out in a way that still allows them to, um, you know, because you don't, can't, you can't really control, or you shouldn't really try to control who your person sees and who they don't and consider friends. But you do have to, like, delegitimize the quality of advice your friends give. Well, not your friends, their friends give them, especially about you and the quality of us that you're trying to produce in that relationship. So that's going to be Monday's show about how to take care of your, 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 your dates, your, your, your loved ones or your liked ones or your dates friends. And there's kind of an addendum for family. Family is a little bit trickier because family might have pure motives. Friends are just, oof. all right. Thank you for your time. I will see you Monday for a free game and Thursday for politics.